Beer It Is is a CSPN Media podcast production. Please visit our website at cspn.us for more episodes of Beer It Is and for ways to keep our podcast free for you. Alright boys and girls, once again, it's Nebias Wilborn here for Beer It Is. As I tell you each and every week, shout out to Classic, shout out to CSPN for allowing me to put this on. And as we told you when we opened the show, shout out to the good folks at Amazon for allowing us to do the show each and every week for you guys for free. And when you get to do it for free, we make a little bit of money, right? Because, you know, we get these advertisers and all these fine Friends of the show, as we say, I don't even like to call them advertiser sponsor, man. They're friends because they are our friends, as are you, the listener, our friends. But they allow me to visit other friends. And right now, I'm making new friends because I am in Port Orange, Florida, about maybe five, ten minutes from Daytona Beach. I can smell the ocean from here, almost over as it wafts over the fine beer. That is in my face at Tomoka Brewing Company, and I am with one of their chief sales staff guys, one of their head honchos, Ed Irvin. Ed, how are you, man? Doing great. How about you? Man, I am doing fantastic. But you know what I'll be doing better? What's that? When we try some of this beer. Of course. So, so typically we do a taste segment, um, you know, a little bit later in the show, but we're going to start with it first because Ed was just ready to go and knock nice. it out the box, man. Sometimes you just got to let the beer speak, so nice. let's start with that. Um, so we got you a flight of uh, five different beers here, uh, ranging from uh, our different styles. So the first would be our Hazy Sunrise, which is our uh, which is our wheat beer. Uh, nice. Done with a little bit of orange peel, uh, about 5%. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just a good, easy drink in Florida beer. So, uh, yeah. Shot, see what All right, think. so we'll have with this. And by the way, guys, we, we'll have a picture of this on my Instagram at nwillborn19 when this show runs up. As you guys know, I'm down here in central Florida, really all over Florida for spring training following the Braves, so... Good opportunity to get in here, check out some breweries, go to some other places. Looking forward to hitting Jupiter, Port St. Lucie, um, Tampa, and Sarasota, and all these fine Floridian establishments that you guys are keeping secret down here, man. Oh, yeah. You guys yeah. are really letting it get up, up to the south, and we'll get people, into that. People aren't realizing Florida's got it going on now. I see. It used to be we were behind the times, now we're now we're setting trends. So. Yeah, man. Florida, the south got something to say, man. You yeah. know, as, as I'm based out of Georgia, you know, we've seen Georgia grow. But let's get into this beer, man. This hazy sunrise parallel is hefty, hefizing, yeah, which is perfect for Florida, right? Oh, absolutely. And this was uh, one of our uh, our team here. Uh, we have a husband and wife team that does uh, a lot of the brewing, the recipes, and everything. This is actually uh, her recipe, uh, Jen, and uh, she basically came up with the name one night, uh, wanting to watch the sunrise, uh, and you know, it just kind of happened to be down here in Daytona. Yeah, it was a hazy morning. Nice. Hazy sunrise. So. I mean, I'll tell you what, man. There, there's really not too many cooler places in the world to watch the sunrise within right. right down this area, man. Yeah, especially on any one of these piers or, you know, we have uh, really, really nice uh, state parks close by. As a matter of fact, uh, our name came from the Tomoka State Park in Ormond Beach where nice. they kind of fell in love with the area and decided they wanted to brewer- build the brewery here. Yeah, I, and I like that Ormond Beach um, area. Uh, was that, And also New Smyrna. Oh, I yeah. had them on recently. Really good guys going to Beachside Brewing yes, um, yes. in this area. Like, literally, it's so cool. Like, right there on Ormond Beach, you can look, see the ocean as you sip your beer. Exactly. I think that's pretty badass. But anyway, speaking of this beer right here. 
this is fun. The color on it's nice. It got the haze. Exactly. I can taste a hint of orange peel. Exactly. It's uh, this is a uh, one that uh, became so popular for us that we had to start uh, working with a facility in uh, Lakeland called Brew Hub. Which yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, yeah. they work with Orange Blossom Brewing. They've helped Cigar City in the past. Mm-hmm. Miami or MIA, excuse me. Right. Uh, quite a few different. Yeah, Terrapin up in Atlanta. I mean, it, yeah. they, they, they brewed a lot of beer for a lot of people yeah. because their capacity is so huge. And sometimes a brewery will have a beer blow up. Exactly. And, you know, not ready for it. Not ready for it. You know, I mean, and, and when we get... It's a good problem to have. Yeah, and hopefully we get your assistant brewed on. We'll talk to him a little bit about the brew house. Or, if not him, we'll talk to you about it. Because you guys are decent-sized system, but not enough to get all that beer out there as of right now. Yeah. Uh, we basically uh, started going through uh, Brew Hub for this one and another beer that we'll talk about mm-hmm. in a minute. Um <clears throat> Because of the volume and the fact that, you know, we do have a full restaurant here, you know, if we're constantly, no matter what we're brewing, you know, we have to be able to service 22 taps of beer. Right. You know, when constantly brewing either the Oceanside White IPA, which you'll have soon, or Mm -hmm. the Hazy Sunrises we're talking about, you know, you don't have time for all the extra stuff, like our award-winning beers, our Elvis Peanut Butter Banana Brown Ale, which I'll get you some of. Yeah, yeah, give me some of that. And, uh... You know, beers like that are Russian Imperials, you know, or <clears throat> the pale ale you're about to try. Yeah. You know, things like that that we don't normally, you know, wouldn't be able to do if we had to brew all this beer in-house. And all right. So you talk pale ale while I drink. Of course. So this is a, this is a, uh, I like to call it a uh, English uh, pale ale, American mm. pale ale hybrid. Uh, it's okay. called Mother Fuggle. You know, Mother we, Fuggle. Yes. Uh, the hop is an English hop uh, called Fuggle. And all right. The, the long and short of it is we use a mother load of hops in there. So uh, we use this. We have a little bit of Cascade in there to kind of help uh, give that uh, extra aroma to it. Uh, just a good, easy drinking pale ale, you know. Yeah, this feels uh, like something out of drinking Universal Studios. I'm at the Harry Potter exhibit. And oh, the yeah. name kind of fits that whole, right, that kind of scene. Yeah, well, you know, some people just think of it the other way. Because when, when we came up with the name, it was just kind of, you know, what would be funny to say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I think we were all just kind of drinking the beer, kind of trying to figure it out, and we're like, yeah, that's the name we need to go with. You know, and think about beer, right? It it, it, it really hits all five senses, right? Like, toe, touch, taste, smell, all exactly. that stuff, right? Exactly. But then it hits that extra sense where it alters your mindset a little bit as you have a drink or two safely, as we do here on Beer yeah. It Is on the CSPN Network. Once again, my name is Tobias Wilborn. Drinking safely here at Tomoka Brewing exactly. in Port Orange, but you know it, it can alter the mindset and allow you to think and open up your mind, which now leads us to beer number three. Yes, so uh, this is actually uh, this is actually my favorite beer that we do. Uh, this is our Oceanside White IPA. Now you mentioned uh, Norman Beach. Mm. How you can yeah, mm. that's, that's great. Just uh, you mentioned how in Norman Beach you can pretty much just drink your beer right and watch the ocean. You're right. It's named that because when we first did this beer, it was a collaboration with us in our original spot, uh, which we couldn't brew on site, government stuff. Of course. Yeah, you, know, you said you're from uh, Georgia, so yeah. obviously you know about crazy beer laws. Right. Um, but uh, in our case, we got, you know, we couldn't brew on site, so we reached out to a couple favorite breweries. Green Room Brewing in Jack's Beach just happened Shout to be Shout out to Green Room, yeah. Absolutely. Eric is just one of the greatest people in the business and mo- very underrated, in my opinion. You know, nice. they. They deserve to be one of these breweries that people uh, travel just to go uh, try. Mm. You know, like your you know, like your cigar cities and things like that. But he wants to keep it keep it small, keep it the way he wants it, and right. you have to respect that. I can't hate, I can't hate the player, man. Yeah, because he makes nothing but damn good beer, and allowed us to come up uh, and brew this beer with him. 
Uh, it turned from a, a one-time little seven-barrel collaboration mm. uh, to uh, to a one-barrel t- attempt at our place just to kind of do it again the next year for our anniversary. Uh, when we moved over to this facility in Port Orange, uh, did it as a where we're going to do it as a summer seasonal. This is where we added grapefruit peel to it. Yeah, man. Uh, that's what gives that little bit of yeah, edge. Exactly. Because the hops we use are from New Zealand. Uh, we use Motueka. We mm-hmm. use Pride of Ringwood. Uh, and then we also, just for uh, you know, for the dry hopping, add the Cascade to kind of balance off that grapefruit peel. Uh, this is the other one we do at Brewhub. But you know, just kind of showing you how the beer scene blows up. This was, like I said, just a small one-time little thing. Mm-hmm. And now we have hundreds of barrels being brewed in Lakeland to keep up Jesus. with the, the demand on it. It's, it's really... Uh, just based on a phone call I made, and you know, with Pete, who uh, you talked to earlier, uh, he he's the owner, by the way. Was, yeah. was, he doesn't really like to do uh, radio shows because he's got a Hungarian accent, so it nice. doesn't come through well. But uh, uh, you know, him and I went up and brewed this uh, beer. You know, kind of just like, hey, we get to brew with one of our favorite breweries. This is pretty awesome. To just, I don't, I don't homebrew anymore because what else am I going to do now? You know, I've achieved getting a beer. Uh, just right. with these guys that you get so, a beer in the state distribution. So how much of this beer is out there? Because, I mean, I saw the pallet stacked up high. Oh, yeah. how, much this beer, how much of this beer makes it out into the, uh, to the wild? Pretty much almost all over the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we do, uh, you know, 100 barrels at a time. So you're looking at about 31, you know, 31 gallons in a barrel. So 3,100 gallons at a time. Nice. Uh, being brewed. Uh, for the most part, uh, you know, our distribution partners, uh, SR Parat locally, J.J. Taylor in Tampa, uh, Sunshine State in Orlando, Crafty Connoisseurs down south, uh, and I think we're with Gold Coast up north. And, wow. uh, that, that, that's, a, that's four or five people. When we when we come back on the next segment, we're going to yeah. talk about just that because I find that very interesting, having to deal and navigate with so many distributors, so many different people. Because, and of course, with Florida being a three-tier state, yes, you essentially really technically only have one customer. Exactly. You're a distributor. Exactly. They control everything, but then with you, you have five customers oh, yeah. in very different markets. So let's table that. We're going to get back to that. But next yeah. beer, because by the way, this beer right here, man, this is cool. It is getting hot. It yeah. is already hot. I mean, when I look, I ran this morning around about 8, 9 a.m. And I got to go down the beach, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But it was hot already. The sun was up. Yeah. And. It doesn't. Uh, Florida doesn't play around. It's either uh, we're cold for eight minutes and then uh, we're burning all the time. Nah, but it, this beer right here is one you want in the summer or even in the winter, man. It's a good edge, good beer, man. I like this a lot, man. Yeah, and I personally, I personally, you know, I know there's some people out here with different uh, ideas. I personally think this one would be the quintessential Florida IPA. Yeah, I can see it. White IPAs. I mean, like MIA does a great one called Neon. Mm-hmm. Just the white IPA in general being a little bit of a wheat base. Uh, it just it screams Florida. Right, because it's not sense. too heavy malted because sometimes that can kind of weigh on you. You don't need that in this exactly. heat. You just need to be able to sit and sip and enjoy. But at 7, what, 7.2? 7. 7. 7.1, yeah. 7.1, you better be careful with that one because it, it, it doesn't seem like it packs a punch, but it does. Yeah, I shared it with the guys at Civil Society yesterday, and he's like, well, this is pretty crushable. I'm like, yeah, just don't uh, don't drink three of them. Don't crush it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's been amazing to see this beer turn into what it is and what, you know, pretty much what Tomoka stands for. You know, it's just a damn good Florida-style beer. Nice. All right, so then from here, what we got next? Uh, well, 
I don't know how. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna say it. This is our mind fuck. Fair <laughs> enough. No, hey, yeah. we can allow it. All right, we allow it. Uh, so this beer is uh, our Tom Yum Thai Goza. This was mm. uh, inspired by a Tom Yum soup uh, done in the Mills 50 district of uh, Orlando. Nice. Uh, Jen, who, uh, like I said, she's uh, one of the uh, brewers here. She decided she wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. Take the traditional uh, Goza style. We have uh, lemongrass, sea salt. But then we have a combination of four different chili peppers that we add to this beer. Now, as you can as you can taste it, uh, you get all that flavor, but you're not getting that burn like you would expect. Like, mm, no, it's yeah. not. Yeah. When you when you say, uh, you know, like when you think pepper beers, you think, you know, like I don't know how in-depth you've gone with some of them, but oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Stone, the Stone Crime and Punishment Right, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's what people think of. This is this is another oddly refreshing, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's something that you would have a couple of them, even just mowing the lawn, you're like, wow. This yeah, is- yeah, yeah, this is a cool beer. Speaking of Stone... Um, you know, Mitch Steele has a restaurant in Atlanta, a brew pub in Atlanta. And he actually yeah. was my last episode. Nice. It's called New Realm. And, you know, he's there, he's between there in San Diego still. But got to sit down with him. Did two episodes with him because, I mean, first of all, I mean, he literally wrote the book on IPA. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I did this one episode just about the book, just talking about different things, what he saw. And now that the book is four years old. Because it didn't have the like the New England style IPAs, oh, yeah. and so I'll let you uh, when that goes up. I'll let you listen to that because it's really fascinating getting his thoughts on today's IPA scene. Oh yeah, it's it's changed a lot. I mean, like like he's, like we were talking about with this white IPA earlier. Yeah. you know, that wasn't even a style five years ago. Mm-hmm. Now these New England style IPAs are taking over, and it's right. just like okay, well, what happened to the old school West Coast? Like, guys like right. Mitch are used to. Yeah. Or, you know, like Terrapin, you know, being, you know, a big IPA-focused brewery, doing, mm-hmm. doing things like that, you know. And it's it's interesting. It's changing. It's ever-changing. And, you know, but, you know, you got to give people what they like. And I like that beer. But yeah. now we're, we're going to we're gonna totally go different. Exactly. You know, we went on, on the light side. Now we're going to go dark. Yeah, so this is a... This is a variant of our uh, foreign export stout called Lunar Eclipse. Uh, you know, foreign export being a little bit more drier, no lactose, just good, you know, good, dark, solid, you know, a little bit of licorice kind of flavor in, right. in there. Uh, but this one, we actually added uh, coconut to it to just kind of kind of test it once or twice. Oh, the coconut know. is there on the nose. Yeah. And uh, it just became one of those other beers that people just wanted us to continue to make. So this I'm pretty proud of. I Ooh, think it's... Uh, that's pretty. Yeah. It just gives it a whole new di- dimension of, of this beer. I mean, like everybody. The color is like it's opaque. It's yeah. dark. It's rich. Yeah, it's it's just uh, you would with the coconut in it. You don't really think it's as heavy as it is. Right? No, because it's still seven percent beer, and it's got the mouthfeel too. Yeah, it's still got that chewiness to it. It's got yeah. everything, but then the coconut just yeah. kind of lightens it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Gives it a little bit more. The uh, coconut makes it work almost for a summer beer, but man, that's a big, yeah, robust. I mean, the malts and everything—it's there. And like I said, this color, man, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and one of the things—I mean, we we noticed this, and Pete's a big fan of it. Uh, is, you know, a lot of breweries don't have a stout that they keep on year-round. Right. I mean, in Florida, anyway. Right, it gets hot, it's, man. It gets hot, we don't, you know, not everybody wants to. Yeah. We still get people that come in mid-summer that want the base beer for this, yeah. you know. So, we always make it all the time. And then, from there, we do, uh, you know, we've done this, uh, we'll do a Russian Imperial Stout, and uh, quite a few other different, uh, different dark styles. Yeah, that Russian Imperial interests me. But, we're going to take a quick... 
we're going to reset here. We're going to take yeah. a quick pause for the cause. Talk to our good friends at BustedTees.com. They're going to tell us about those T-shirts. And every week I'm going to say this until I get me a T-shirt. <laughs> I need a T-shirt, Busted Tees. <laughs> but you can go support but us with our, your purchase at Busted Tees. And we'll tell you how. Stick and stay. And also, when we come back, we're going to get into... Maybe that Russian status will tell us about that, but we're also, more importantly, we're going to talk about how the distribution game goes for Tomoka, what's coming up next, and how you guys can get in touch with this fine brew. Stick and stay. Beer it is. Right back. Real quick, let me tell you about the good folks at BustedTees.com. That is where you can order all types of exciting and fun t-shirts to support this podcast and help keep it free so look man you can go on shop at bustedtees.com all you got to do is just go on cspn.us or cspn.us click on the keep our podcast free link click on the busted tees banner then shop for your t-shirts when you do that they send us some bread what we do with the bread is we buy better equipment we for me i go to different breweries and we talk about what this game is so do that Buy your t-shirts, support us, show us some love, and we'll show you love. Bust the tees through CSPN.us. I tell you what, man. You know, a lot of times the best conversations of the show are off the show. I can't share them, but we're having a good time here with Ed Irving, getting to know him a little bit better, and the good folks at Tomoka Brewing Company. As we said earlier, thank you for our good friends at Busted Tees for keeping this show free. I'm going to say this to the gear to me. I don't care if it takes one month, two months, three months, a year, two years. I need my shirt busted tees. But right now, we're back into the lab. He brought a couple more beers for me to try. This kind, gentle, bearded beauty. But we're going to get into that. And then after we do that, we're going to talk some more about Tomoka. How it's growing. The growing pains of three years. Oh, yes. And then some of the wins and losses, the triumphs, and the adversity and overcoming it. So we'll finish up tasting. I'll start with this brown because I want to save this stout for last. Okay. So this is our. Uh, this is actually the beer that got us noticed first. This is uh, Elvis. This is our peanut butter banana sandwich brown ale. Um, this won us a gold in mm. the uh, best Florida beer. Mm. Uh, so every year, uh, the Florida Brewers Guild does a, uh, yeah. a Florida best Florida beer championship uh, awards. We've uh, won a few medals throughout the, our nice. course of our time. Uh, before we expanded into this location three years ago, uh, the first brew that we did on our system once we finally got over that government hurdle uh, was this beer. Mm. We submitted it in our pumpernickel porter for judgment and nice. won medals on both. Yeah, this is fun. I mean, yeah. I, I guess the name is pretty simple, right? But is there a backstory? Uh, it was... Uh, Basically, uh, it was a homebrew by uh, Jen, again. It was one of her recipes. She kind of played with this over and over again uh, until she figured out the way. And then, of course, you know, the yeast that we use gives off that banana ester. Mm-hmm. Adding, mm-hmm. adding peanut butter to, instead of your normal people doing porters and things like that, she wanted to experiment with a brown ale, which is... I love much, brown ales, man. They're much more versatile, too. They you really are. So much more, like, you, know, you can do so many things, and I'm glad to see brown ales kind of... Because that had fallen off for a while. Yeah. Well, you see, like, you, you get a lot of people that do, like, in our case, the coconut stout or the raspberry porters and things yeah, like that. Yeah, But if you do, you know, if you really take some of that and focus on the brown ale, which the, the caramel notes are there. But well, because it's already kind of bready anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it gives to, like, as I call them pastry stouts. Yeah. I think brown ales could be, like, that type of bakery-type mindset. I can exactly. think 
blueberry muffin just because it, it naturally lends to it, it. it. It works a little bit better, and I think it just kind of, it, you know, the styles can blend a little bit easier. The flavors can blend with that style a lot easier. Makes sense. Than just a stout, which, don't get me wrong, I'd love a peanut butter stout. Oh, me too, man. I, I mean, stouts are my favorite still, but I first got into craft beer off brown ales, man. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I mean, it was brown ales and... Uh, and 60-minute IPA from Dogfish Head. Nice. I, I watched a documentary about beer wars and distribution, and since we're going to talk about distribution, right. I figured that's a good way to get into it. But uh, I really took a shining to people like Sam from Dogfish Head because mm. I thought, you know what, if I'm going to support somebody in this business, I'm going to support somebody like this that actually not only is putting their life on the line, but is really giving them, you know, right. really giving Making good product to the beer. So. I forced myself to like 60-minute IPA, like every piece of that stuff. And it's so interesting how different the game has changed with IPAs, but from 60-minute to all the crazy things that we're doing now. It's like like, uh, 60-minute used to be harsh to me. Now it's kind of like, okay, um, can I have something with more of a bite? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 because it's so easy. Or even like the 90-minute or 120-minute. It's like so many things have changed. Yeah, I mean, they're not as extreme as they used to be. You know, Now, like like you said with your New England IPAs, like we just did our first uh, New England IPA about uh, middle of last year. Nice. And uh, funny story, and I think he'll, he'll be okay with me getting into it, but... Uh, Pete, again, our brewer, the mm-hmm. Hungarian-born, uh, he's, uh, again, the only reason he's not doing the show is his accent uh, doesn't lend well to podcasting. Fair enough. But um, he went off on a rant uh, with one of his friends about how he really didn't like the style, because it was just up and coming and yeah. new, and everybody was doing it. It was just kind of like, you know, I don't like this, I don't like the terms for it, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of messing around. Yeah. And... Uh, he finally decides, uh, you know what, we need to, we need to try one. <laughs> that's funny. So the beer's name is Hypocrisy because, you know, he's like, well. Oh, be- that's the fruit salad. Yeah, so we did a fruit salad version of that, but oh. the original, just like that. But Hypocrisy, yeah. I like it. Yeah, so that's why it's called Hypocrisy because he's like just like, it. you know what, if I'm going to be hypocritical and go back on what I said, then uh, let's make some make, money. <laughs> yeah, and let's make fun of ourselves for it. You know what? And we I, don't I, take ourselves that serious. You gotcha. Man, look, at the end of the day, you're brewing beer for a living. I mean, people who don't know how hard it is to brew beer and yeah. make a living off of it would kill to do what you do. But you got you guys are here and you're doing it. Yeah. Let's talk about that. We'll get back into this stuff. Let's talk about that while we're here. Yeah, so um, we started out at a time uh, when we started out in 2013 in our original location, so about five years ago in total. Uh, we started out in Norman Beach, tiny little place. Like I said, it was three blocks from the ocean. Like when we did Green Rooms Brewing, mm-hmm. uh, it was three blocks from the ocean. They were the two closest to the beach. Oceanside White IPA, that's the name. But yes. anyway, uh, we pretty much did everything, you know, all in-house. Mm. Grew uh, way too fast. Not, not like way too fast, but, you know, yeah. more than we Fashion expected, right? Yeah. To the point where, you know, we can't keep up with, you know, we're trying to do all our own beer plus, you know, trying to keep customers happy. And mm-hmm. it turned out the demand was there. So nice. luckily we, we met the right people and they wanted to be in business together and here we are in Port Orange in this new beautiful location. Because you were just a brewery, right? Yeah, just a, well, we were a tiny little, uh, you know, we started as a pizza restaurant. And a lot of that's because, you know, you go to breweries and, you know, like say, for instance, yeah. Cigar City. Mm-hmm. Great atmosphere, awesome place. But they always have to have a food truck out front. Right. Because they don't have their own food. They don't have their own food. Mm-hmm. Well, we're like, well, most people are going to want to eat and have a couple beers. Right. So 
let's stick with the brew pub concept, and it's mm. just uh, it's really worked out for. And, and I'm sure in, when in a small space, pizza probably work because all you really need is the oven. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. we were we were you got a refrigerator, put the dough and your ingredients or whatever, but you yeah. need the oven, and that's it. Yeah. So we had the big old pizza oven, and right next to it, a one barrel uh, one barrel brew house. Uh, Holy man! Yeah, it's like pizza pint. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> pizza ports. Excuse me, yeah. up in San Diego. That kind of yeah, that took off pretty well. I mean, it was just right. pretty much a similar idea. Yeah. Um, once we. Once we moved over here, we found the place with the uh, the kitchen being the size it is, the ability to do everything. We have a great chef, uh, Sylvia, over there, who's, yeah, she's not paying attention, but that's okay. She's yeah, she's out here grinding, you know. Yeah, she's getting uh, getting food ready. Nice. Um, but, uh, you know, we've gotten pretty pretty blessed uh, with it, but it's all been a lot of because of how our distributors have helped us out as well. You know, uh, like you mentioned, uh, trying to get beer out into the market, it's not that easy now when... You know, there's so many other brands. You look at you look at how this business has changed from a from a just craft beer in general to mm-hmm. a hey, it's got to be mostly local now. You know, yeah. Like, look at uh, well, Green Flash, yeah, yeah, yeah. same yeah. We were thinking the same thing. Where yeah. they pulled back, yeah, because and they still haven't, and they're not going to lose that much money. No, and it. actually, it's, it's better for them, I think, because here's the thing. They brew great beer. Yeah, it's a damn shame I won't be able to get uh, the Hophead Red anymore. Right. You know, or the Hop Red. I can't remember what it, they right. named it, but, you know. Yeah. It's a damn That's shame a I won't beer. be able to get that beer anymore, but, you know, at the same time, because of the shipping costs and everything, mm-hmm. it was coming in at fourteen ninety nine a six-pack here. Yeah. I can, get a, I can get a damn good local beer for nine ninety nine. Right. So, you know. Well, and that's the other thing too. As much as I like Green Flash, and they're—I mean—they're innovators in the game, legends. Oh, yeah. I've had them on the show before. Great, great guys. Great brewery. I mean, their brewery out there is phenomenal. Yeah. First class. However, like you said, there's nothing they make that I can't get if I'm in a decent beer market. Yeah. There's nothing they make that I can't get that's as good, if not maybe better and fresher. Exactly. Than what they do. Yeah, I mean, and you see how now uh, now these breweries are having to push uh, push really fresh IPAs. I mean, mm-hmm. per Stone, you know, right? Drink by. Yeah, exactly. If you don't finish, you know, if it's not done by this date, you know, they are literally trying to be like, all right, fine. Everybody wants fresh IPAs. Let's get them out there. But, yeah. You know, you see some of these other breweries, and it's you know, it's hard to keep beer fresh from coming from San Diego, right? Down here to Orlando or Daytona or any of that. So, well, and it's interesting too. Me. You mentioned the first buy on the last on the episode before this one was with New Realm, which is Mitch Steele's place, yeah, in Atlanta. And Mitch came up with this the the, the idea, yeah, for that original. And basically, and we talked about it. By the way, go back and listen to that show, guys, because he, he really broke down how that worked and what it was. Nice. And it's, a, it's interesting because. They were getting people who were coming back with skunked beer and different things or saying hops had fallen off. And they're like, well, you idiots keep trying to save it. Yeah, exactly. Literally. So basically, in order to make people think, they made it the, they you know. put the code Yeah, put the right code on the right, on, the right on the front and the name because yeah. people otherwise will try to save it or share it or do all these things or yeah. not not refrigerate it or just little things because again we're still very neophyte into this beer thing yeah and as to you know cellaring became so big and now people kind of realize okay well, a lot of beers aren't meant to be cellar exactly and so now it's like okay he had to explain what this is and what it means exactly so for him to do that come up with the idea for it to catch on and yeah. then for it to become a marketing thing was really 
major. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I mean, just kind of keeping up with people's tastes and everything mm-hmm. is kind of hard to do as well. I mean, yeah. in our case, uh, we did, uh, you'll see it in there, we have a, a Blood Orange version of our IPA. Nice. Well, Blood Orange was the big deal the uh, past couple years. Mm-hmm. Now it's not as uh, not as popular because Funny how that everybody's works. doing it. You know? right. it's, it's a damn good beer. Mm-hmm. I'll still drink the hell out of it, but... Yeah, it's just not as well. Yeah, so I mean, that's one of the challenges you have to, you or, have to or look at something like, as a brewery. Or look at something like like Bell's Too Hearted. Yeah. If you have been drinking craft beer for at least I'd say ten years, five ten years, you drank you some. Oh yeah. You drank you some. You know what I'm saying? And you fiend for Hopslade. Exactly. Now, I see Hopslade on the shelves. Exactly, and people are drinking the Too Hearted more. Right. You know. Funny how that works. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, you remember Pliny being the number yes. one IPA of all yes. time. Two Hearted just overtook it last year. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, Two Hearted is still a badass beer. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Pliny's Pliny, and yeah. I remember. In fact, you get a chance, and I'm sure as, as a sales marketing guy, you probably do this. Go and look at Great Beer, some of these other oh, yeah. charts from 2004. Yeah, it's, it's it crazy. blows your like it's literally. OS Butte and all these different beers that I can go into gas stations and buy now. Yeah, exactly. Not even great ones, just like, you know. Yeah, just things that you, you normally wouldn't, you know, you would go crazy trying to find. Like, uh, we have a total line up here down up the road, and it's just like, wow, all those beers that I actually went and tried to find uh, years ago are just sitting here waiting for somebody to buy them now. Right, yeah, collecting yeah. dust. Exactly. You know, it's, you know, uh, perfect example i mean you know we got some we have some great friends down south and with funky buddha mm-hmm. but you look at how the beer trends have changed uh, now some of their specialties that people were constantly fire or fighting for are sitting there waiting uh, like right. I said, they're they're not collecting dust like sitting there for months yeah but, but they're not they're not flying off the shelves like the second they come in like they used to no i mean because you have so many great breweries making so many great or beers. even just a couple years ago we talked about athens and we talked about yeah. you know creature comforts i mean when tropicalia first hit yeah. People were chasing the distributor trucks down oh, yeah. to get that beer. Now, I mean, it's still a good beer. It's still a good beer. I think it's better now than it's ever been because it's more consistent. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, once it's not hot, exactly. people move on. Yeah, and that, that's where we've been lucky. I mean, Oceanside built its market on being something that is different than a lot of other, a lot of other breweries have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something that people don't get tired of. And that's, that's kind of nice compared to... You know, like you said, uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I, you know, one of my favorite beers. We were talking about Terrapin earlier. Uh, yeah. Good friends of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hopsecutioner. Yeah. Used to be Hopsecutioner was one of the you know one of those beers you would chase down. Now it's like, well, I can get a sixteen ounce can of it in the gas station right now. Right. You know? People yeah. don't even think about Hopsecutioner anymore. Yeah. And that was an innovative beer. And it's still one of their it's still their best sellers. Yes. And it still sells great. Of but course. It's, yeah, it's not the beer nerd uh, chasing it down beer. Right. Yeah, no, no nerds are talking about that beer. Yeah. If I'm going to chase down one of Terrapins, honestly, I'm, I'm going to look for High Five. I love High, high five. five. High Five is amazing. Really? I wish I'd have known that because I had some. But you uh, know yeah. what? Next time I'm back, I'll, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be back sooner than you think. So. We're, we're actually a really good Terrapin market here, and that, that was the story I wanted to get into. Which, nice, uh, yeah. Uh, since you mentioned being from up there and knowing, knowing Spike during the break, uh, mm-hmm. uh, they actually came down... Uh, before we really had a lot of local breweries in the area, I used to work for uh, one of our distributors, um, SR Parat, which is locally mm. here in uh, Ormond Beach area. Nice. Uh, Vinny Morrissey and uh, the staff there, uh, a lot of great guys that put their heart and soul into good beer. Um, you know, being one of the only family-owned uh, distributors out there, they've really busted their ass right. on their brand. They do it the right way. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. Terrapin was 
you know, one of the closest breweries they had in their portfolio. Wow. I mean, from Ormond to Athens, Georgia, you know, I mean, there wasn't, you know, we were still in the infancy of uh, local mm. beer, still in the infancy of craft beer. Mm. So John and Spike made it a point to come down and hang out and talk to all these accounts around here. And That's they have really good cool. relationships and friends down here. You That's know, really cool of them, man. You know, our Deland Beer Fest that we do every year, John, you know, he's missed the last two years because of having, you know, having to work with his new brewery, up, right. up country brewing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they came down here. They've worked with Persimmon Hollow, uh, you know, which is in Deland. They've done yeah. a, a couple beers with them. Uh, they collaborated with us on a uh, Southern Sour. You know, one of the, uh, you know, I think it was one of the first times they'd done a, a Kettle Sour, sour yeah. collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just uh, it's really cool to see people like that helping people like us, and then I know that we're going to be able to do that for a lot of the smaller guys too. Right. You know, like I've gone out and you know I'm, I'm lucky to have such a great boss that I can say, hey, uh, I want to kind of do a little bit of brewing, and there's a small little brewery that asked if we could come help them out. You know, just kind of mm. just brew with them and just kind of have a have a little fun. And, yeah, put them up on game, man, because yeah. this is a tough this is a tough yeah. business, man. So it's just like we, we get to have some fun with it. We get to do some cool things like uh, Black Cauldron Brewing. Uh, she and I, I'm a, I'm a huge metal guy. So uh, nice. Pantera, uh, their, lead, or their lead guitarist, Dimebag Daryl, was killed years ago. Yeah, big story. Look it up, whatever. Right, yeah. we, did, we did a, uh, a tribute beer to him last year. Wow. Yeah, just did a, uh, I think we took her red, reformulated it into a brown, and then aged it on whiskey soaked oak for, uh, for like three months. So. It was, a, it was a damn good beer, but it just kind of shows like how much, how much this shouldn't be about competition anymore. No. It should be about just helping each other and having a good time, and that's what Spike and John showed us. Nice. And I tell you what, man, I love those guys. And, and Spike listens to the show pretty regularly. We had him on, and so he's going to be really happy to, to hear that shout out, man. Yeah. So good for him, and, and good for you guys, and good for doing it the right way. Absolutely, and you know. I didn't, you know, I I may have misspoke. I mean, I know they've done sours a long time, but it was yeah. one of the first times they'd come down and collaborated on a sour. Is what I was trying to say. But, yeah. You know, um, they're just uh, they're great people, and you know, shout out to anything Terrapin does. You know, I've always loved them. Salute, so. man! I have to bring you some wake and bake next time I'm back. Oh but God, yeah. That is a phenomenal beer, and it's actually getting better as they keep going along. Oh yeah, and the variants they do with it. That's yes, that first the treatments. That first cinnamon roll waking it was over. Yes, sir. Uh, and I mean, and it's funny because in Georgia, people kind of sleep on them. But we're gonna stop right there because when we come back, yes, we're sir. actually gonna get more back into the distribution. We started with distribution. Yeah, we kind of yeah, went kind off of the rails. but it's okay because yeah. that's what we do. Spirit is, and when we come back, you know, when you're drinking a beer, right? Sometimes you know you need food. And when you're not able to come to Tomoka Brewing Company to get their fine spread of food. I mean, I ate here, I had a brunch here, um, you know, with a friend of mine. That's how I found out about you guys, by the way, was the brunch. And the brunch was legit. And try to find a beer. And I was like, okay, I need to talk to these guys when I come back. So anyway, that being said, when you don't have access to Tomoka Brewing here in Port Orange, Florida, and you need some food to go with your beer, check out the good folks at Blue Apron. And we're going to tell you how to do that and support the podcast. So when we come back from that break from our good friends at Blue Apron, we're going to actually get finally really get into the distribution stuff, talk a little bit more about that, and my man Ed Irvin is going to tell us what's coming up next for Tomoka Brewing. Stick and stay. Beer it is. This podcast is sponsored in part by Blue Apron. Blue Apron delivers fresh ingredients, incredible recipes weekly right to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always ship free right to your home. 
And now, the listeners of the Beardist Podcast can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order for 30 bucks off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website, cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. All right, boys and girls, once again, it's Tobias Woodborn. We're back here with man Ed Irvin. So we got cut off, but we didn't get cut off. We just started jibber-jabbering because I'm here at Tomoka Brewing Company. I got, Guys, I got to tell you, man, straight up, this is one of the funnest shows I've done, and I hope it reflects as you guys listen to it. They're having a really good time with these guys. I just met them, but they're so cool. It's been a pleasure so far. Right. So, Ed, let's talk a little bit about the distribution. By the way, we're here with Ed Irvin at Tomoka Brewing. Ed, what's your title here, man? Uh, I'm the uh, Central Florida Sales Manager for uh, for Tomoka Brewing. So uh, I've been, like I said, I've been with the company for the longest time. I was the first employee at the original spot. Employee number one. Yeah, so I was doing bartending uh, with, with these guys, working right alongside Grayson as we talked to him. Uh, Jen and Pete, uh, I've, I've watched them grow. I, I tell this story all the time. There was a time where uh, they put their heart and soul into all of this. They still do, but... At the beginning, uh, they sold their house. They did everything to start this business. I had to drive them home because their car broke down one time. Wow. They were uh, they were uh, renting an RV and sleeping in that for the first couple months of the business being open. Grinding. And, yeah, and to see where, how far we've come. And I tried to say it earlier, but a lot of it has also been, you know, the fact that we're as successful as we are now has really been with our distribution partners getting us out in the market and helping us uh, really grow that uh Grow so, the brand. So how tough is it dealing with so many different? Because like, because it's different. Like you're in the panhandle, so yeah. that's the, the game there. I mean, people are drinking proof. They're drinking Swamphead. They're drinking some of these other breweries. They're drinking um, what's it? Oysters. Oyster, yeah, Oyster City. I think. Oyster City. Yeah, that, that badass brown ale they brew. Oh, I've heard and about that. I, uh, I right there on Apalachicola, and then Panama City's got some brewers and they're brewing. So how do you guys like work it up there? Um. To be honest with you, I, I don't work that particular area. My uh, right. my colleague uh, Thomas he does that mm-hmm. spot, but um, up in there they usually carry just a couple of our brands: uh, yeah. our Oceanside and our Hazy Sunrise. Fits perfectly yeah. there. Exactly. You yeah. know, you know, basically just kind of getting the beer that we have uh, mm-hmm. have readily available for them out there, and then when nice. they want some specialties, we'll bring them up there. Um, for the most part, in the areas that we are here. Uh, we work with, uh, I myself work with uh, three different uh, distributors. I work mm-hmm. with SR Parat here uh, in Ormond Beach, uh, Wayne Dench Distributing in Sanford, and uh, Sunshine State, which handles uh, their new company. They have background in both ABC uh, Liquors down here and, uh, and Brown Distributing and a few others. But uh, I work with them. Uh, so my job is basically to make sure they have the... Make sure they have all the beer they need. Uh, make sure that uh, our customers, you know, I mean, our distributors really are our customers, and then right, we yeah. are, then we are helping them get their customers to like our products as well. So, um, so my job is basically kind of middle of the middleman. You know, go out there, try to manage uh, inventory levels. Make sure that you know, if I if I need something, I can talk to Grayson with an idea, and hey, I've got. Uh, I've got a couple accounts that, you know, like we're talking about a specialty for like two or three accounts in Orlando. Nice. Uh, two bars uh, that have been really, really Ooh, great to Okay, us. good for like, you guys. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. You said you were uh, hanging out in the Lake Buena Vista area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do a lot with a bar called Player One out there. Yeah, no player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tara is awesome, and if she hears this, uh, hi, Tara. Yeah. But um, yeah, we do a lot with them, and that's again through our our partnership with our distributors. Uh, again, SR, excuse me, uh, Sunshine State down there. So it's it's kind of a challenge because you know you have to focus on. You know, you not only in our case, we not only have to fight with the big boys. You know, we're right. You know, we're constantly seeing other distributors go after products because they have they have a new specialty from. Mm-hmm. Or they just have any beer from one of the ABI brands. And Central know, or, Florida is a tough market because yeah, that's a place even, where AB. I, I talked to John Cheek who does Orlando Brewing. He's a good friend of mine and. That's a place they don't want to like. AB does AB and Middle Coors do not want to give Orlando up. So, like Ten Ten and Orlando Brewing, and you know yeah. some of these other really good breweries in that Orlando area can't get on in their own city. Yeah, you know? it's, it's pretty hard. They, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and we're we're pretty lucky that we got great distribution partners. Uh, but and again, we had the uh, you know. Uh, you mentioned Ten Ten. Uh, yeah. That's another guy. By the way, next time you talk with uh, John and Spike or anybody, yeah. talk to Ma- talk about Mike Wallace. He's nice. Like, yeah, he has his roots with Terrapin as well. So. Yeah, I know Mike. That's yeah. a good dude, man. Great guy. And uh, I've seen him go from from kind of a similar similar situation with us. Like uh, one year, he was stuck. Uh, I remember uh, he was showing me the brewery where things were going, and he didn't even have floors at the time. He had wow with, uh, dirt. Yeah, he had with dirt. <laughs> I, I love their facility. Um, yeah. Their food is really cool, too. They, I had this really yeah. cool sandwich. I was there last time. So, yeah, they're definitely growing a lot in development. But, yeah, like, it is really tough for local beer to get on an area because AB and Miller do not want people, you know, drinking local beer. They want you drinking whatever tourist beer you drink, Goose Island or Whatever else. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, those are good. No, beers. I'm not yeah, Goose like, Island, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah Goose Island makes some great stuff. Blue mm-hmm. Point makes some amazing stuff. And, you know, those breweries that are out there, like, um, you know, your your Miller Coors brands, you know, they, they do a great job at the beer they do. But mm-hmm. people are starting to want more locals. And luckily we're seeing that. But now we have not just a competition of the bigger guys, but, you know, now I'm out there trying to work uh, trying to work events. And, you know, it's, it's hard to really yeah. be like, hey, Put put Tomoka on, but then, hey, next to uh, you know, like I'd like you to go through like five or six of my beers, but right. then Walking Tree out of Vero Beach comes over. Mm-hmm. You know, great brewery, <laughs> Vero Beach. Yeah. yeah, they have some. You know, they Who would have thought beer. Vero Beach, Dodger Town, old school Dodger Town, would yeah. be brewing such badass beer? Yeah, just there yesterday. Nice great guys, super cool building too. I, you know what? I don't know if my tribes are taking me to Vero, but I may make them take me to Vero because. You told me about this place. Your third person told me about this place. So I respect. By the way, Dead Lizard was another spot in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, they're really I cool. went to, and I was, yeah, I had, I recorded with those guys before I came over here. And phenomenal beer they're doing, but again, they're all having that same Central Florida struggle. Yeah, and it's it's getting it's getting harder. Uh, I think I think you're starting to see some of your bigger distributors realizing that they need to let the locals do their thing. Right, and that that's been good for us, but it's still. It's still a game, you know. Like I said, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm friends with a lot of these brewers, so, mm-hmm. you know, I see Red Cypress out there, and I'm like, uh, I'd rather go after trying. I'd rather get somebody to try to pull Shock Top from their lineup than, than Red Cypress, you know. Right. And you know, that's a harder job to do, but you know, it is. It's all part of the challenges and trying to, trying to keep. What you do right, exactly. right, right. I'm stepping all over my words. It's but, all know. good, but anyway, from there. 
We're going to take a quick pause. We're going to get back. Stick and stay. Here it is. We're right back. Speaking of special surprises, I got one for you that you need to pay attention to and get ready for. For you, the listeners of Beer It Is podcast on the CSP Network, Audible. Audible is often a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Personally, if it's going to be me, I will check out Mitch, Mitch Steele's IPA book. It is really cool. Or you can check out Between the World and Me by Tennessee Coates, the autobiography of Gucci Mane. Whatever you're into, man, they're all out there. They're all to be heard. Or my favorite, Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling by good old J.R. Jim Ross. So when you get these books, you can hear these authors, read them, hear them. All you got to do is go to www.com, www.audibletrial.com slash beer it is. And make sure you do that so I can get the points. Because when you do that, they show me some love. And that's how we help keep the podcast free for you and for me on beer it is. So, all right, once again, I want to thank our good friends at the fine folks at Amazon. They always take care of us. They look out for us. But right now, we're back at Tomoka Brewing. We're with Ed Urban. We're going to bring Ed back in a little later. But I had to get with the homie, the brewer, assistant brewer here, Grayson Lamb. What's up, Grayson? How you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing today? Man, fantastic. Drinking some of these fine concoctions that you come up with here. What did he pour you? Oh, man. What did he pour me? Better yet. Bubble, Ocean, Tom, uh, Coconut, Elvis, and... Uh, Okay, so actually, yeah, Yeah, okay, cool. So actually, we'll, yes, yeah. So we'll start with talking about the barrel aged grape because we didn't get to that with Ed. We talked about all these other fine beers, but let's get into this Peter the Great barrel aged version, man. What what, what do I think about this beer, man? Uh, Peter the Great, standard Russian Imperial Stout, and what you're currently drinking is actually a blend of both. Buffalo Trace barrels and then uh, Willet Rye barrels. Nice, and this is fantastic. So man. it started started off around probably 10 percent. We're about up to maybe 11.5 percent now. Ooh. So pack, packs a punch has a lot of beautiful flavor. The rye characteristics definitely came through on this one. I'm super happy with it. So we'll have. Um, uh, I'm assuming this this doesn't get packaged, right? No, 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 no. No, this no, no. is you come here, yep. you sit, and you talk, and you enjoy. We, we may bottle some at some point, but I can't honestly say if we're going to or not, because we're not exactly sure if we're going to yet. Well, I, mean, I, I would love to, but it's not, you know, I'm, it's, I'm, it's, I'm waiting on the boss to say, hey, let's, let's, you know, hook the bottling machine up and let's bottle some stuff off. Because this isn't a cheap beer to produce or maintain, because no. if you're blending barrels... That's a lot going on, man. Yeah. And then taking it back and carving it back up and putting it back in there, man. Tell me about that process. With the... So what we did with with the barrels was directly from the fermenter after cold crash, moved it into the barrels, and it sat for a good nine, ten months in there. Oh, boy. And afterwards, I moved it back into the break tank. Carved it, carved it up, and then put it into kegs. Nice, nice. So, tell me a little bit about your story, man. How did you get into brewing? I was a home brewer for a few years. I've been in the craft beer industry for about 
seven years now, and I did a little bit of home brewing. I knew the owners, Pete and Jen, beforehand. They used to come to a bar I worked at before nice. I worked for them. McKay's? Yeah, McKay's, Windy City. Um, and then I was, I, a buddy of mine worked at the original Ormond location for them was leaving. I was about to have my first kid and was looking for a oh, second, wow. second job. Okay. And so he told Pete and Jen to talk to me. I went and, you know, our interview consisted of just like, hey, so when can you start? And then started working for them in Ormond. I knew about what was going to go on here in Port Orange. And I said, Pete, if you're going to hire me, I want to start in the brewery and I don't care what it is. So I was hired as a keg washer. No school. Nope. Old school. Start from the beginning. Yep. Very from from, I the, like it. from the very bottom, and that's you know it's all of my my technical training has been research, reading, listening to seminars, listening to podcasts. It's it's all self taught. It's all self taught, and then picking up information from other brewers I know, information from from Pete himself. And it's been just a three year process of of a little bit of trial and error here and there. And then also figuring stuff out, you know, the easiest way to, you know, do different um, processes, whether it be how to set up, you know, different ways of setting up a rig for a certain thing I'm doing and then finding an easier way to do it or finding an easier way to hook up hoses and, mm. and stuff for, for cleaning tanks. So it's, it's been actually kind of a, it's, it's a fun learning process. And every it. week is actually different for me. Okay, so you mentioned keg washing. What did you do after keg washing, man? Uh, well, I mean, it went from keg washing to, all right, well, wash the kegs. And while you're not washing kegs, you know, this is how you fill kegs. And it was fill the kegs. And then it was, okay, when you're not filling kegs, if we need a tank clean, this is how you, this is how you clean the tanks. Wow. So you went all the way through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and, it, and it went from, from there to, okay, let's teach you how to mash in. And it went from mashing into, okay, then teach you how to do transfer, how to go through boil, go through knockout, wow. to pitching, to, and now it's, it's pretty much me at this wow. point. Actually, um, what's really nice, I have a buddy, buddy of mine who I've known for multiple years now working with me as uh, my assistant, and it's taken a lot of the stress off of me because mm. Pete, you know, it used to be Pete, Pete and myself uh, primarily just... Yeah, I mean, you got a big game of right there, man. Mayjong. Right? Yeah, I think that's yeah. what they're playing. Nice, I love it, man. So, I mean, the thing about it, man, because this is a beach brewery, man. I mean, you're not quite on the beach, but you're accessible to the beach, right? I mean, like I said, you can smell the ocean from here. Fifteen minute, drive. fifteen minute, if, easy oh, drive. If that, if that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know, you got people. I had to rethink that for a second. And like the sun's out, and you know, people are doing their thing, man. So that's one of the things I love about this show. It's like. Sometimes we're in the brew house. You can oh, yeah. hear pitching and sparging and all those things. And sometimes you get Mayjong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky enough to not only not only have such a great beach note nearby, but we're right close to there. So it's a beautiful portion of the intracoastal, you know, as well. And it's just it's just amazing to be in this area, you know, especially Volusia County for that. Yeah. Love it. Right, you know, in our, you know, like you said, the Ormond location being in between the two spots, us being on the other side of it. It's beautiful. Just you know, get some time and be able to do some cool stuff. Yeah. So it, it, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna, all I was going to say was if you think if you think this is close to the beach, go to the Ormond location. It is 
pretty much one minute walking to wow. the beach itself. So, I mean, do you guys still brew over there as well? Or we, the original plan was we were going to, that was going to be a sour lab. And then okay. when this opened, it took was, a lot of resources. And yeah. it, it was just, but it, it would have been us trying to split our time between the two places. I, I personally, I run that one up there now, as well as doing the brewing here. And You're grinded. Yeah. We do about 70 plus hours Monday through Friday, so roughly about that. Woo! And it just, it never happened. We did one more batch after after we opened here at Portland. But you can go there and have a beer, right? Oh, yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. It's only, it's only our beers. The menu is primarily, they always do pizzas there. Nice. Yeah, we do some fun stuff. Okay. Luckily here we have a much bigger kitchen, so we're able to do more... More than just the pizzas, so you can do burgers, you can do the seafood and the salads and nice. all the different sandwiches. But there, it's a simple menu, and we we do some fun stuff. We change it up. We're doing a bunch of different egg rolls at, at the moment. Okay. So yeah, so you're all over the place, man. Up there and I back, am. and how far is Ormond Beach from here? Uh, uh, it takes me about 25, 25, 30 minutes to drive. I live right down the road from here. It takes me nice. 25, 30 minutes to get up there. Not bad at all. No. Easy commute. No. Go in, knock it out, make sure the lines are clean and everything. Glassware is on mm-hmm. point. And so, wow, you can go there and you can have some of this fine beer. Yep. And speaking of that, tell me about the brew house here, man. Walk me through it. Brew house, it is a, uh, it's an American brewing equipment system, 15-barrel brew house. We have two 30-barrel fermenters, four 15-barrel fermenters, one 15-barrel bright, and one 30-barrel bright, as well as the newest addition to our equipment is a forehead filler uh, for canning. Canning line, yeah. Also from uh, ABE as well. And that, that thing, Ed, you were working with me on Monday. We just did 100 cases of twist. That yeah. that little piece of equipment is a dream. I love it. Right, because you don't have to do more. I know in nope. Georgia, Toucan was really big up there for a lot of guys. I, yeah. I think there's a couple motor canning companies here. Yep. And they're a hassle to get to you, and they don't really care. They're just, you know, knocking it out. But you get to do it as your own labor of love. Well, and and what, what's nice with us having the ability now that we're canning in-house is... We can do it on our own schedule. Yeah, we don't. We don't ever have to. And it. It was our our previous mobile canner was wonderful and always worked really well with us for scheduling. But now where we're at is if tomorrow I decided that I wanted to do another hundred cases of twist, I could you just do it. I could just do it. Hey, I, you mentioned twist. That's the twist of cane double IPA. Yes. Tell us about that beer. Double IPA brewed with cane sugar. Yep. Du- double IPA brewed with cane sugar. Three different hops off the top of my head. It's Centennial, Cascade, and Nugget. Mm. It is a heavier dry hop. Um, we like to do about, normally about a pound per barrel. This is almost two pounds per barrel for dry hopping. And it's a big beer. Oh, wow. It falls in around 8.99%. Nice. When people usually come to one of the locations that they're looking for uh, something comparable in effect to like what I used to sell when I used to work at a craft beer bar a lot was Dogfish at 90 Minutes. Right, yeah, yeah. That's still a popular double IPA for mm-hmm. most people here. The on malt bill is on it, yeah. That and caramel. That's, and that's, yeah. that's really what uh, Twisted Cane does with us is it is a it's a much maltier IPA mm-hmm. than it is hoppy. Yet, yet it has a very high IBU but at the same time you get that sweetness and you get that malty characteristic mm-hmm. from the uh, the cane sugar and from it being 
being a heavier IPA. Dude, I used to crush 90 minutes. I probably shouldn't have because that's yeah. a big, it's big beer. But it was, but it's 10, 10, 12 bucks for a four pack. It's, right. And you're set. That's all you yeah, need. Yeah, it's all you need. And there was, when I lived in Cleveland, Ohio, there was a bar up there that used to sell it for $2 on certain days. That's a steal. $2 a pint. That's really a steal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you, man, we used to show up. At this place, and we won't tell the story here, but uh, <laughs> we may tell this all. But yeah, either way, let's just say um, some good nights were yeah. had oh, <laughs> off the fineness of 90 minutes. And that's a beer that's still close to my heart. So. Oh, yeah. So good on you for doing something like that. Yeah. Oh, and then from there, man, all right, you mentioned the brew house, the facility. So is it two vessel or four vessel system? Uh, two. Two vessels. I, I had okay. to think for a second. Yes, two. Okay, okay. I know because somebody's to do four vessels depending on. So, what are brew days like here? You guys double batching? How long are you going? What are you doing? Well, we'll do double batches. I try to because I do split my time between the two locations. Oh, that's right. Uh, my other half, she works as well. So, my, you know, my, my double batches are limited. Uh, I actually just did one last Saturday. Oh, wow. I, I came in and it was a. Turned out to be a little bit longer of a day for me. It was about 15 hours to do it. Normally, we can knock it, knock one out in about 11 to 12. Mm. So it's not, it's not bad. It's, just, it's a long grind, and it, it could be worse, I guess. But sometimes when you're working alone, like I did last Saturday, at 10 o'clock at night, I finally just hit the wall and I was done. But it, normally, it's like today, I rolled in a little on the later side. I mashed in. Currently, I'm in the middle of sparging and transferring. So it's it's about a six-hour process. I have to leave because my wife has to get to work. But Pete is able to stay because he's closing tonight. Wow. He'll finish out the brew for us, pitch pitch yeast, and then we're good to go. Damn, that's a that's a hell of a grind, dude. It's not that bad. I, I'll be honest with you. I've been doing it for over three years now. And you're just used to yeah. it. But it's, it's also it's what like you love. It's like nature to me. Yeah, yeah, it's what you love. It's, I, mean, you're, you're, I mean, it is a grind. You're just passionate about it and you if, enjoy if it. I, if I didn't like doing it, it would suck. Right. <laughs> but because I because I love what I do and I, I love this industry, not just the not brewing alone, not the beer industry, but the restaurant industry, and it's, it's right. what I've always... I've loved for years. Yeah, it's what you do. Yeah, so you, you are. know, it's, yeah. I, I I ended up dropping out of college to come back into restaurants because nice. it was my my major was not what I thought it was going to be like, mm. and so I just came back to this, and I finally came to the conclusion of this is what I truly love doing. I'm just sticking with it. Well, by the way, man, this BA stat is phenomenal. Yeah, like I said, I'm super happy with how it's what you out. should be, man. This is. And once, Fantastic. as soon as we had moved that out, I moved um, our Scotch Ale over into the the rye barrels. Mm. I'm really excited to see how that. Yes. Oh yeah, because it's really going to be excited to see turn out in a couple of months. Because Scotch, because because <laughs> we have these are perfect for like that second use of that yep. barrel. So you know, it won't get the wet barrel, but it's going to get that. It's going to get that little bit of oh. It won't because it, it, with it being the second use, it won't it get won't as be, much of the bourbon. But it it's going to get as much of the bourbon because it's not going to be as dry. Right. You'll have that sweetness still from the scotch ale, and then as well as you're going to start picking up that rye spiciness to it. Oh, so yeah, it's gonna that one. I'm really hoping we'll do some bottles of. Or yeah, maybe, you got to. I see. My, I, one of the things I would like to do is with more of our specialties. I'd like to start doing four packs because yeah. already right now with our with our cans we do four packs of Twist of Cane and we do four packs of Tom Yum, which is the Thai Goza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you got yeah, some of that? Yeah, that, yeah, right here. That's yeah. smooth. And, th- and that 
Tom Yum honestly sells for our specialty cans. It sells wonderfully. Good in the South Florida market. Really, actually, South the South Florida market is probably our strongest market at the moment. Yeah, because so it's hot. Yeah, and well, it, and that beer picking up in Orlando. Too. Is it as well? Yeah. Good. Oh, so real quick, while we got you, how much beer are you producing here? I think we're at like twenty five hundred barrels a year. Wow, and that's not including the stuff that um, Blue a, Hub does. No, they right. do. I think between between what we're doing here in house and Brew Hub, we're around five thousand fifty five hundred somewhere somewhere I think in that realm. That's a good amount of beer for a place that's been open three years. Yeah, yeah. Um, Damn, I mean that's enough to get you guys a I, lot of places. I forget yeah. where we. I I had run into. I found you know we always end up with all the beer magazines yeah, every yeah. every couple weeks, mm-hmm. and I found one on my desk and it had the listings of like brew pubs and I. We're in the top 50 for production. I can't remember exactly what it That's was. That's pretty cool. This, this was about four or five months back that I saw it. So no, I'm happy. You know, yeah, I, you uh, should be. I, I give him a lot of crap, and some of our friends don't realize uh, that I'm joking with him. This guy's one of the hardest working people in the business, and I will never intentionally uh, put him down because I've seen him bust his ass day in, day out. Mm. And uh, I'm just proud of what Thank you. these people that I work with do. and Especially this guy. No. Bless his heart. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's what you gotta do to produce and make it in this crazy ass business. No, this business, yeah. this, this business is tough and it's hard work. No. Well, it's, but, and, it's, and it's getting harder. And it's getting harder. There's more competition. There are more breweries opening. I just had a meeting with with the boss this morning. It's we're we're at about five thousand breweries that are open in the U.S., which is more than pre prohibition. Yeah. Oh, like six thousand actually. Yeah. Is it is it now yeah, up to six. that? It's up to six, yeah. man. And he was telling me I, I think that the Brewers Association or the Brewers Guild. It's, there's another like thousand in the works. Right. I I know of you know I know of one another one that's moving into New Smyrna. There's another one that just opened in New Smyrna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, my old boss is still going to open one over on Beach Street here in Daytona. So there's two for our area. Yeah. Somebody told me there's another one going out in Deland, and it's it's right. you're more and more and we're we're really you got doing your shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean well, you can't you can't just have. You can't just focus beer. on one style anymore. Right, oh, no, no, yeah. you can't just you gotta, have beer. Like it's, you've got to evolve. Like, I was having a conversation with the guys at Civil Society yesterday, and he, you know, they were talking about beer styles, and it's just like, the way this business is going, we have to evolve with not just what people's tastes are, but styles are changing. Right, you've got to be BJCP, ahead of it, too, yeah. Yeah, your BJCP guidelines don't really, you know, in, to some brewers, it just don't, they don't matter anymore. Well, yeah. Because they want to do a style that people like, rather than just... Yeah, like this New England style, New England style IPA is not really technically in the BJCP style. It's not. It's its own. uh, It's fun. It's fun. And and as a BJCP judge, that annoys me. But then I get it. But here's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to satisfy me? Who I'll buy a beer. I'll, I'll buy your beer. But I ain't buying enough of that beer to justify you not brewing a, a New yeah. England IPA. Because yeah. guess what? That's what people like. When yeah. people come in, and particularly for you guys, because you kind of touch that touristy market area. Mm-hmm. Right here in Daytona, right outside of Daytona, you get people staying here. I know a good friend of mine, Steve Hummer, he writes for the AJC. When he was at um, the for the race, Daytona 500, he stayed in Port Orange. Yep. And I sent him over here because he likes beer and he likes food. So he came by. He told me, hey, man, thanks for the recommendation. So... 
Yeah. You know, but again, I said, say a guy like him, he likes weeds, he likes heffy, so you gotta have something for everybody. But then he came with the other people, and one likes stouts, one likes we heavies, and one likes whatever people say he should like. So that's where you're at, and that's that's what you guys are doing. And it amazes me that you do it. Thank you. So it's been it's been a hell of a journey. You know, it's uh, watching watching this brand grow. Like I said, I mean, him and I both uh, have our background at the original location in Norman. Uh, I've been with the company for a long time, you know, like, you know, watched it grow from this scene. I mean, you remember, I mean, mm-hmm. Tomoka was uh, the first brewery in Volusia County in how many years? Uh, like, we used to have a hops, and we had maybe... Hops, hops was the last thing over in Daytona, right across from the Speedway, and that closed... Wow. Probably yeah. well over ten years ago. Then the, us, yeah. you know, the one of the one of the I don't exactly I can't really remember was like in the early '90s there was a brewery where uh, next to actually was in one of the previous locations I worked over here on Beach Street, and that was early '90s and that was way ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, there might have been one more, but I can't remember. Yeah, if there was, but was not a lot. No, 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 no. no. And I mean, it, it definitely had not been in the 2000s. That, wow. Uh, and 2013 came around. Like I said, Jen and Pete found uh, the Tomoka State Park in Ormond Beach, fell in love with the area, and now we've got 13 breweries in this county, or going on 13 breweries in this county Jeez. in just five years. Jeez. I mean, that's interesting because, like, for me, I live in Georgia, so, um, you know, this year, I think there's, like, 40 breweries in the state. Oh, yeah. But there's, like, another 70 that are in dreaming, as they yep. say, or in planning. And, you yeah. know, you're talking about all over the state of Georgia, like places like Maldosta, some of these different places. So even for, like, you know, I worked in Tallahassee, I, I dealt with Proof a lot and Grasslands yeah. and mm-hmm. some of those guys. And they used to make a killing in Valdosta because a lot of the Georgia beer from Atlanta couldn't get there. They were there. Yeah. Well, now there's going to be beer brewed there. Exactly. I and mean, you guys have had, I mean, we've had some pretty bad laws. It took. Oh, Georgia's to probably the worst yeah. other than Mississippi or Tennessee yeah. and maybe Georgia's even worse. And there are two people I can think of, friends of both of ours, that yeah. I think know it more than anybody, and that, again, would be John and Spike. Right. You know, I mean, those guys dealt with so much BS throughout their entire time, uh, you know, and to see the laws have changed to uh, work out in everybody's favor a lot better. And it still needs more work. A lot more. But I thought I thought Pennsylvania was bad the last time I was up there to visit family. And oh, because you got to buy from, like, the state to, board. You buy from a state store. Yeah, right. It's, you know... I found that when I was up there last time, I found one actual bottle shop, uh, kind of kind of close to Harrisburg, which was still a few hours away from where I was right. staying. And it was I'm paying bar prices for what I should be paying, you know, a dollar for for this bottle. Technically, I'm paying three bucks to bring it back home, and it's it's just it's an Appalachian it's an Appalachian beer, right? Or or uh, where was it at um, uh, Pizza Boy? Mm-hmm. I went because you could buy some stuff there, and I went to check out. She's like, "Hold on, I apologize, but you can only buy up to 128 ounces worth right, of beer." Right, right. Please, please buy this. Go bring it out to your car, and then come back and see me, and I'll ring you up again. I can only buy <laughs> a gallon at a time. Yeah, I know. Okay, All right. I'm not gonna ask questions. I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. Still, I'm man. just you know, I want to bring the beer back. That's all I want to do. Yeah, right. But That's crazy. You know, right there, we're going to take a quick pause. We're going to talk to our fine friends, well, at Fire and Ice. Tell you a little bit about more what they do, how they get down. But when we come back, we're going to sit and we're going to do our six-pack of challenge to end the game, to end the show. 
So we're going to talk to these two fine young men as we do six fun questions about beer, life, and the world around us. Stick and stay. Beer it is. All right, folks. I want to tell you about our good friends at Amazon.com. They have been with us literally from the start of this podcast and the start of the network. So all you got to do to support them, click on to keep our podcast free. Link at the top of our page at cspn.us, at cspn.us. From there, scroll down, click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase all the items from Amazon that you normally would. It could be books, music, electronics, or for this podcast in particular, you may be a brewer, so you need some hops, you need some grain, you need some barley, some malt, wheat, whatever it is, anything in the world you could buy legally, they have it at Amazon. So for every purchase made on Amazon through our link, the Amazon, they send us some money. You know what that money does? It helps keep beer it is free and allows you to travel. So all you got to do, and you save some money, you support us. So, and this is at no extra cost to you, man. So go do it. Amazon.com through CSPN US. Do it, do it, do it. All right, so here we go, guys. We're doing my favorite part of the show, the six-pack challenge as of now sponsored by no one but if you have a friend who wants to sponsor it get in and they can holler at me at cspn at the beer it is my twitter is in woolborn 19 where's the twitter for tomoka and what how people get in touch with you that tomoka brewing co on instagram and tomoka brewing co on the facebook right yes and i believe the same uh, tag for twitter as well we just didn't put it on the on the thing here. But Gotta put it on the thing, but it's okay. We're gonna yeah. make it work. But either way, Tomoka, that's T O M O K A Brewing Co. And that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But now I'm here with the two guys rocking it, rolling, and we are going to do our six pack challenge. You guys ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So that means you're first. Tell me if you could have a beer with any four people. Dead or alive, who would they be? Ooh. My man Grayson here, by the way. Yeah, Yeah, it's my man Um, Grayson, assistant brewer. Oh, don't put me on the spot like that. Hey, man. Six-pack challenge, baby. Mm. Well, keep... I... Yeah, that's... There's so many people that I would... I would ever want to have a beer with it. Just well, while he's thinking. It, all right, <laughs> so we're gonna, we're gonna get Ed Irvin here because okay. right. he's, he's, yeah. he's the marketing guy. So he knows how to do it. <laughs> so okay, uh, beer wise, uh, Sam Calagione from Dogfish Head, which I've been lucky enough to do. Nice. Um, always a great conversation. So I'd love to have another beer with him and chat for a little while. Uh, again, great friend of mine, John Cochran. Uh, you know, I'd love to sit and talk and have beers with him. John Cochran. Um, yeah. As we mentioned earlier, a uh, metal hero of mine, uh, guitarist Dimebag Daryl, it'd be so much fun to have a beer with him. Um, and then, uh, you know, honestly, after uh, all this stuff, uh, I don't care what side of political stuff you're on, I think it'd be fun to have a beer with Obama, you know? Hell yeah, it would. I was, was kind of thinking. <laughs> well, I mean, he's also, and he's also a brewer, too. Yeah, he's exactly. a brewer. Yeah. So I'd love to hear his input on, like, the beers he's done and stuff like that. I think it'd just be a fun time. Yeah, I mean, I, I would totally, for me, for different reasons, Obama, but just to be able to talk beer with the guy and oh, yeah. what he knows. Because, I mean, well, I think he's been homebrew for, like, 20 years, and um, I actually had a clone of one of his, the Honey Brownie does. And yeah. And... Yeah, it's pretty legit, man. It's pretty legit. So did you figure yours out yet, or what? I, 
I had I have a few. Uh, one, I definitely I'm gonna honestly steal and piggyback off of Obama because it's because it, I, I can I can remember when he was that Orlando he was in and, and he just grabbed the he had a Guinness and he yeah, was that Orlando I think so and that that always just that struck me as such a great like everyday man thing to do yeah. and that's it's. It's getting more with with the to common, every man, with, yeah, with with your common person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would honestly think somebody like I was trying to think musician wise, and someone maybe someone from like the classical era, just just to pick their pick their brain on like maybe like a Chopin or a Mozart or a Beethoven or a Vivaldi, where you just to see. I mean, if we're talking, if we're talking like beer itself, what were they drinking? What mm. was what were, that what, would be cool. What were they drinking? What were they, you know, what were they doing? And seeing the differences in beer in European styles from back then, and comparing it, as well as you know, let's just an, an unnamed unnamed face of someone from like ancient Mesopotamia, ancient like far far back Middle East when they first started brewing. Wow. Wow. Where where that's yeah I, I had read something at one point where it wasn't the reason the reason we stopped being hunter gatherers and became um, you know a far, farming communities wasn't for livestock it was for growing grain to make mm. alcohol mm. Yeah. and someone like that and and then fourth one. I don't have a fourth one to be. I, well, this is what people say to your wife, or you know. eh, she sees me enough. Yeah. I was like, but maybe you want her to have the experience with you. Yeah. Nah, she's had plenty. <laughs> you gotta give me four. She has two kids with him. That's enough. yeah. There, there is the hat. She, she does have three kids. Uh, two with him and him himself. Yeah. I, oh I, well, yeah. That's yeah. a lot of a lot of reasons. All right. So, Grayson, we're gonna start second question with you. What are you serving them? These people? Yes. You're sitting with Mesopotamia. You're sitting with Chopin. You're sitting with Barack Obama. And you, what are you serving? I would serve, I would serve one of our Berliners, probably the grape, because it's a good mix between, because with it being Muscadine grapes that, that we get from here in Florida, it's a, I, I feel like it's a nice natural bridge between the two different two different styles alcohol wise between wine and beer. Nice. I would then serve probably that barrel aged Russian Imperial. Mm. Just for the fact that you have again a mixing of two different styles of alcohol. And then probably the third I would do something along the lines of maybe like one of our IPAs. Okay. Not twist. Maybe something a little Oceanside, probably. Oceanside, just because it's it is on the lighter side, and it's it's a good, it's a good, it's sessionable, but you know, it's got a little pop to well, it. Yeah, it's, it's sessionable feel, but the alcohol content after six of them, you're not going to really be that competent anymore. Yeah. Fair enough. I know that. Yeah. All right. So, what's up? What we uh, got? All right. So yeah. That. This uh, barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout is by far one of the best beers I've had in a long time. Um, I'm going to step outside of the realm of uh, 
of our stuff, even though Oceanside would definitely be one I would share with somebody like a, like Obama or a, or a Sam from Dogfish. And she would be say, nervous about Sam cooking over drinking uh, your IPA. I actually gave him uh, our Twisted Cane Double IPA. Wow! And he enjoyed it. The only problem was I couldn't remember the hops off the top of my head. Oh. And he asked me, and I'm like. I don't remember. <laughs> and, uh, That's funny. You know, but um, other than that, uh, there's a great beer in Jacksonville uh, from uh, uh, Green Room Brewing, uh, Count Chocula Oatmeal Stout. So it's okay. a cho- chocolate oatmeal stout, and I would give that to almost anybody because nice. that is just it is a good beer. It's by far one of the best beers I've had in nice. my entire life. Question three. We'll start with you this time. Man at Irving, who do you look up to in beer? Um, I think I've already said it. Um, John Cochran. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have a lot of respect for what he's done. Not just because you know have him and Spike having that hand in one of my absolute favorite breweries, um, but just seeing what John has done, going outside of you know like if anybody who goes through what they've gone through right. you know, with Terrapin and him deciding to leave and. You know, the reasons he had behind it, that, you know, that's his own thing. But to see the, the love of beer that he has, because he could have easily just said, screw it, and walked away and just enjoyed Kept life. Kept his money in, yeah. Yeah. What's he going to do? He starts all over again with a new brewery. Mm. That, that's inspirational. That's pretty badass. And that shows you the type of people in this business that are, that are the people you should be, uh, are, should be following and should, you know, should look to for inspiration. Nice. What do you got, Grayson? I mean, I... I and I guess in a way I'll piggy, piggyback a little bit off yours, Ed. But maybe I don't. I don't look up to the big guys as much. Mm-hmm. I I I like reading the success stories of the smaller guys. And I'm not. Uh, well, he's not even here to hear me do it. But it's like I, I wouldn't say brown nosing. But honestly, Pete, Pete and Jen, who we work for. Yeah. I, I mean, I like to give them a lot of crap, and I like to make fun of them all the time. But. <laughs> I'm never really nice to them because that's that's the fun part of our you know our oh. work relationship. But they they have literally worked their asses off, oh, and, I, and I can respect it. And I, told I the really story. do. Yeah. Okay. I, you did. Yeah. Yeah. I told the story about uh, how I had to in the house. And I, and yeah. 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 And that's 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 the thing. It's like uh, that's you know when you when you hear because because we all know we all know the stories and the backgrounds of the bigger guys. But when you when you start getting deeper into the business. And you find the smaller places like here, and you hear the success stories, and you hear how hard everybody's worked for it. You can't do anything but respect it. Yeah, and Ooh. that's that's why I that's why I've stayed around as long as I have. I mean, you know, these are these people are I'm proud to say are my you know not just my friends and family, you know, and my employers. I mean, it's it's hard to find that in one shot. You know, there's no no company I can work for that I can. Feel like I know that I would feel like that, other than here. Salute. All right. Question four. Where do you see Tomoka in? I used to do this as five years, but things move so quickly. Where do you see Tomoka in two years? Hmm. Well, I would say I don't really see us trying to go into any other states. Okay. Uh, I think Florida is definitely where we want to focus. Yeah. Mainly Central Florida. So I think. You know, with the way we're growing right now, I see us being, you know, definitely one of the top names in this area. 
mm-hmm. and I'm going to do my damn sure uh, best to try to make sure that happens. Uh, we definitely have some of the, the best liquid in the area, in my humble opinion, and quite a few uh, friends that I've made just based off of the beer alone. And uh, I really just kind of see us getting getting out there with uh, the Oceanside White IPA a little bit more and getting more people to try these stouts like this barrel-aged Peter the Great is phenomenal. Is going to make people realize what we're doing more than they already have. Yeah, I'll 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 say the same thing. I don't I don't really care if we move to outside of the state of Florida. We're already extremely strong with Volusia and Flagler County as it is in the home market. We're doing well in Central Florida. It would it would be nice to get back into Jacksonville. I would like to see self distribution get pushed through the house. I would. Yeah. Just just because I mean it's all of our distributors treat us well, but we just there isn't anybody that we want to go with for Jacksonville. It would be nice for us to push our product up there. Yeah. It it would be nice to have you know, I'm I'm fine with the size system we have now. Uh another cooler would be nice. Some more yeah. some more cold storage space. We have Across the uh, the alley in, in the back behind this building, there's another row of uh, offices, and we have affectionately, I'll call it a storage unit. It'd be nice to try to expand into using that for more utility, uh, be able to, because right now we have our cans delivered to us with the labels and everything on them. It'd be nice to expand and just, I could do all of that here labeling, on premise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All labeling, all, it, just, it would be nice to just have everything here in one location to have control over it mm-hmm. as compared to having, to having you know, three, four variables. Di- yeah, the, the three, four different variables where if the timing for one thing goes off, then I have to switch what my schedule is going to be for the week. And I, I pretty, I'm at the point where I plan my months, my months out in advance. Right, I can see that for for what I have to do, both professionally and personally. And it would be nice to be able to to not have to rely on other other businesses or other people for not not that anybody would ever screw us or is screwing us, but it just would be nice to not have the very control it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just have it all in house and be able to do everything you need. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Question five. What inspires you? Personal growth. Nice. Furthering my career. Um, The fact that I always thought that brewing would be fun. And then I realized it was 99% cleaning and 1% hard work. <laughs> Which, yep. luckily I don't mind the cleaning because even, even when I did home brewing, it was still 99% cleaning, 1%, well, it was 99% cleaning and then the 1% hard drinking. Right. Uh, which I can't really do that while I'm here because I really don't want to hurt myself. But, sorry about that. Um, Too out of fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah it, Personally, I just I want to see my I want to see my professional career grow, whether whether it's with this company or if this company is just a stepping stone, and I move on to something else down the road, or if I ever decide I want to do something myself, I just I want to you know, and if you know if my daughters decide that this is something they would ever want to get into, I'll teach them, nice. maybe pass it down or you know something like that. Nice. Legacy, yeah, legacy, grow. Yeah. I like it me it's it's good friends and family i mean if you don't have good friends and you don't have good family you don't have anything and the best part about the beer business is you're constantly making new friends over over just a, a little bit of liquid that you make uh, 
you know, that we all make and try to try to make friends because of, you know. You know, I said, I mean, I walk in, you know, I walked into civil society yesterday and walked out with two new friends. Yeah. You know, um, green room, like I said, I mean, we wouldn't be anywhere had we not, uh, had we not uh, called them and done a collaboration. You know, it's, it's all about these, you know, the friendships you make, uh, that really define who you are. And uh, that's inspiring to see, see the good in people and what they do to help us out. Yeah, man. I mean, I tell you, just go back there and make a good friends with the mic, John. Right? They got <laughs> yeah. the, they got the cars. They got the, they got it all, man. They're, they're going in. Absolutely. But from there, last thing. Tell me about the toughest adversity you've dealt with since you've been here and how you got through it. Here. Um, you know what? Uh, as a bigger guy, uh, it's, it's been weight. You know? mm. you're, uh, this is a business where you're, you know, in my spot, I'm doing yeah. promotions, I'm doing mm-hmm. events. You're eating, you're drinking. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm constantly on the road. So health and fitness has been the biggest thing. Um, I recently decided to change a diet back mm. in August, get back in the gym. Um, and uh, for January, I actually, uh, myself and uh, a really close friend, I didn't know she was doing it until halfway through, but uh, decided throughout January to take all of, a, all of it off from drinking just to kind of see. Wow. You know, because, you know, you know all the events that are coming of up. Of course, You've yeah. got Tampa Bay Beer Week next mm-hmm. week. Uh, you got the you got uh, the Florida Brewers Guild Fest, the Brewers Ball, Hunapu Day, all these insane things that we're all involved in. And January, luckily, is a month where you don't have that much going on. So it was able to get the you know the liver to detox a little bit. But just overcoming that adversity of being yeah, around like beer every yeah. day and then not yeah, taking and, yeah. and just getting your health in order. I mean, that's that's the hardest thing in a business like this where you're you're not able to. You're not able to cook your own meals all the time and stuff mm. like that. So. Salute to you. For me, it's been education for the process and building building the knowledge to create the beer, as well as the physical aspect of it and the the long hours, the long weeks, the you know I have I have a three year old and a almost two year old. Oh, you don't sleep. I have two. I, 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 I'm lucky. I, I do. I sleep a little bit. I sleep now because they, they, they mostly sleep through the night. Right. Okay, so good, good, good. Yeah, and if, they, and if they wake up, it's usually they'll crawl in bed with us. But it's it, it's just it's it's been a um, it's just been a three year process of finding a good schedule and a good routine. Hmm. And, and and how I how I balance everything and it's I start my Monday off with here's the entire list of everything I need to do this week. Alright, what can I push off till next week? Then I rewrite the list and it's like, okay, cool. Can I push anything else off? Nope. Alright. Gotta get done. <laughs> Gotta get done. And, and yeah, that's and that that's it for me. It's just it's it it's that and adapting to to the differences here and there between both of the different businesses. And just trying to fit everything into a schedule all at once. Mm. That's a grind. And these guys are dedicated to the grind, man. So thank you, gentlemen, so much for repping your brand. Real quick, I'm going to let my man, Ed Irvin, give us the clothes. Tell us, people, where they can find you, both locations, online, if there's anything coming up that people need to know about. Um, Well, uh, I've got a few things uh We've got some uh, great events coming up, like you mentioned the uh, 
Um, we talked about Tampa Bay Beer Week. Uh, we've got we're going to be down there for uh, uh, for Hunapu Day. We've got a few different beer fests going on around that time. Um, you can find us all over Orlando, Total Wine, ABC bars. Like I said, called Player One, uh, Half Barrel Beer Project, uh, Thirsty yeah. Topher, GB Bottle Shop. Uh, all those guys have been great to us, and you can find us all there. Um, I personally uh, also have my own podcast. I don't know if you mind me mentioning it. Yeah, please. Um, I run a show with uh, a comedian named Leslie Joe and uh, Steve Etchie from PFT Media, and we're called State of the Beer Union. And nice. uh, just started that. You gotta get so, me on sometime. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to. Please. So that's us. Uh, we're uh, we're online through uh, pftmedia.com, and uh, they've got us on all the platforms. And again, you know, you can find us all through uh, Facebook.com slash Tomoka Brewing Co. There you go, man. Hey, man, look, when you're on, drop your stuff, man. Yeah. Let people know what you're doing. And are there any beers coming out that people need to know about? Oh, yeah. Um, first of all, this Coconut Lunar Eclipse, you're going to start seeing that all over the place. Uh, this Peter the Great Russian Imperial that we've been talking about, you will see that any of those of you that will be at uh, Hunapu Day for Cigar City, uh, that will be on tap there and uh, always here because uh, we're just kind of. It's uh, too good for us, uh, you know, to, to want to let yeah. go. You know, we're just kind of like, I, I talked to our boss and he's like, do we really want to let it go or do we want to just keep it in the house and drink as much of it ourselves? <laughs> and uh, I think you know the answer to that. Got it. I mean, you want to drink it, but, you know, there's yeah. money to be made. We want to have people enjoy it. There you go. Guys, and I, I got to tell you guys, man, I have really thoroughly enjoyed my time at Tooka Brewing Company. Really cool. I was able to get by here. On my way to a spring training game, so I couldn't really indulge and imbibe the way I wanted to. But I, I'm going to get a couple things to take home, and, you know, we'll talk about that later for next week. But thank you so much, Ed. My man, Grayson, had to run. Yeah. He's pitching and sparging and brewing. It's a brew day. Absolutely. So thank you to him for taking time out of his busy schedule to come holler at me. Ed, thank you so much thank for you. doing what you do. I appreciate you having us on. All right, man. Guys, this has been Beer to His from Tomoka Brewing, and we are out. Cheers.